What's better than an all-day breakfast? Maybe we can have a long lunch. I would love a nice long lunch. I'll take a long lunch. This is Matt and Alex's Long Lunch. Hello and welcome to another Matt and Alex Long Lunch. And I think the longest lunches are with people that you uh, you really like hanging out with. And our guest today is certainly one of those. We worked with her a long time at Triple J. Since then, she's been DJing around the place, creating some uh, brand new music for those both big and small. Uh, she even taught me to DJ, for goodness sake. It's KLP. Hello, KLP. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Do you remember that afternoon in a, on the weekends we went into the office and you taught me how to DJ? <laughs> yeah, giving you all those hot tips. And now look at you go. Oh. Right? he's He is the sesh gremlin. You you created <laughs> this monster, Christy. Oh, no, no, thanks I'm to sorry, you. World. I'm sorry, world. I'm sorry. That's okay. You just apologise to the people's faces, which are currently melted on the ground, Christy. <laughs> you have to sop gig. them up with the tune mop. Hey, so, oh, Christy, let's chat about what's been going on for the last few months. Obviously, everyone's locked down. Uh, gigs have been cancelled. But in May, you dropped uh, alongside an artist called Stace Cadet, a track called Energy. Tell us yeah. about, it sounds a little something like this. And it's just, it just like seemed to blow up. It was number one on the uh, Aria Club track uh, charts yeah. for three weeks. It, it's I've seen it sort of blow up overseas now. Tell us about this song. How did it start? Well, you know what? I've been going at this a while and you have these songs sometimes that you go, man, this is it. This is the one. And then nothing happens with it. And then energy came about so easily. Um, Stacey Cadet lives in Melbourne and he was up in Sydney only earlier this year and we had I think maybe two hours to record it or to, to write this song. We had nothing when we walked in. Two hours because I've recently had a baby and it's meant that my time is very limited and um, <laughs> I think I had a babysitter for two hours so we walked in the studio and he'd had a rather large night the night before. <laughs> um I had that's that's, that's uh, nice, isn't it? You you probably had no sleep from, from uh, yeah. you know looking after this baby. You've got two hours. You're paying for a babysitter, and he's like, "Sorry, I'm late." <laughs> <laughs> no, but the good the good thing was, you know, I think when you have a kid, it just teaches you. It, it gets rid of any form of censorship you ever had over your creativity because there is literally no time to waste. So, I walked in there and I said, "Okay, cool. Let's write something about." you having no energy, we're going to pump you up, it's going to be loud, it's going to be obnoxious, <laughs> lol, lol, lol. And we wrote this vocal, kind of did it left and thought maybe that was cool. Sometimes you don't even know. And then he stayed up all night that night working on it. And then I think at 6 a.m. he messaged me. I was like, what are you doing up so early? I was like, I haven't gone to sleep. Um, <laughs> He's backed he... up his big, big night, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, he had worked on the track and so from there we kind of went back and forth a bit and, you know, I just thought it was like a really fun track and another one of the many that I always put out because I think like you both, you know, if you want to be an entertainer, um, you have to have many different streams of um, activity and income. So I was already working on what my next projects would be and it came out and I remember the first time it ever got played um, there were just so many Shazams, like thousands of people Shazamming it. And I went, ooh, 
that's that's a little bit different. Um, <laughs> never had that happen before. And then, yeah, just since then, it's, um, you know, been picked up by Sony and it's just been going um, gangbusters, which is really fun. So weird that this, you're at the top of all the club charts, but you can't play it in the clubs. <laughs> I know. know. It's, it's like so, the one time that, you know, this thing is the UK, the Shazam, everything's going off and then you've just, you've just got to sit in the green room and watch it happen. I know. Thanks for hitting a very raw nerve. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Look, it is bittersweet because, you know, if I could, we had a whole tour booked um, to promote it and, you know, as a musician you rely so much, especially right now, on income from touring um, and we can't capitalise off this, you know, playing festivals and playing all around Australia or, um, you know, maybe having a song like this to break into going overseas. However, I feel like I can't sit here being bummed out about that because at the same time, I think if I didn't have something like this going so well in amongst lockdown, I would be pretty bummed out. So Mm. it's been a really nice little blessing for us to have um, it doing so well. It's, it's It's unfortunate that you can't be playing this in the club, but also the old days of playing it, you know, from 1am to 4am surely was starting to get a little bit more difficult given that you just had a baby. What what was being a working DJ and mother like? Um, well, I went back to work after two months. I don't know whether that was a genius move or just an absolutely psychotic move, but for me... Um, I think I needed it. I really like work. And for me, you know, you give up so much of your identity as you know, Matt, when you become a parent that I needed to work to stay sane. I needed to have that as an outlet of, I remember when I worked, walked on stage for the first time I was in Perth and it was my first gig back. And, you know, I still didn't feel quite, um, you know, 100% myself because at the time you're breastfeeding. And so I walk into a club in the middle of the night going like, oh, my gosh, do they know I'm a mum? What are they going to think? This is crazy. <laughs> and I know I, I walked up on the stage and someone just went, yeah, techno mum. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, all right, okay, I still got it. Techno so, mum. But, you know, but on a really serious level, that was just so nice to be like, mm. okay, I can still do this. No one actually cares. And it's like the most baller move for, you know, first of all, women having a baby, the fact that you make this baby, but then to go back to work and, and I think to be um, able to say, I love my child 100% unconditionally, but then I also need me and it's okay to um, satisfy me and my needs as a person um, as well. Yeah, I never really thought about it in that sense of, yeah, your identity before and after having, you know, someone to look after who, who depends on you in that mm. it can, you know, your time and energy can be taken away and and put wholeheartedly into this thing and to have that just from one day to the next absolutely change particularly with a first child that must be yeah such a cognitively difficult thing to to juggle in your mind oh yeah the parent guilt that goes on you know it's and you feel you actually feel insane I don't know if you feel like this Matt but I go through days where I'm like I just need my space oh my god I just want this and then as soon as they leave you're like Where's my phone? I'm, d- I'm just going to watch some videos of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some yeah. videos of her 
on my phone. Oh, I miss her. I want to see her. Oh. So you, you feel crazy. But it, at the same time, as I spoke about before, it's meant that I've had to be really cutthroat creatively, which has almost been a real blessing because I've been really productive. Well, let's let's move from the clubs to the bubs now, uh, because <laughs> you've teamed oh, up with line. another <laughs> another one of Australia's uh, biggest seshies, uh, Matt O'Kine, who has also recently had a child, and the two of you together have just released a brand new project for doing kids' music. Yeah, we have. Yeah, and it sounds uh, a little something like this. Your first collaboration since you uh, collabed with Matt O'Kine and myself on Kiss from a Sandstorm. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I think the, the juices that got, you know, started simmering from that time has led you both to uh, create this this really cool track. That's the yeah, Diver I mean, City theme, but there's a full album behind it. There is, yeah, full album behind it. I think it started off we had um, a few ideas. We went away uh, with our daughters and partners together. Our daughters are five days apart, right, Matt? Yeah, so uh, we went on a little trip um, to uh, to Byron Bay. I think I really just wanted to try and write it off on tax. To be honest, I think that's what I, <laughs> I think I was. I was saying, yeah, let's go on a uh, writing retreat. Um, you know, keep all the receipts, please. Uh, but you know, lo and behold, a- an idea was planted, and uh, yeah, and, and you know. I think the thing, the best, the thing I really love about you, Christy, is that um, you do get things done. You do it. You do things. You know what I mean. A lot yeah. of people talk about things, but you, as someone who goes, "Come on, let's do it next Wednesday. Uh, let's do it. I'll see you there. I'm gonna like. Well, I'll give you a call. I'll do this. I'll send you emails. And suddenly you're like, you sweep people up in this, in this energy that you have, and and suddenly you create something. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, you're a busy man, so it's hard to track you down on top of all your different things you have going on. But then, you know, being a parent on top of that and just juggling, um, you know, daycare and then lockdown as well when daycare is cancelled or, you know, it's been wild. But I guess the thing is we just we were living the songs that we were creating. So I think you started off with some ideas, Matt, of things that you were singing to your daughter and so you'd kind of sing me those ideas and then I'd go away and work on them and then I'd come up with an idea and say we should write a song about this and we were kind of it was coming about very naturally with the things we were doing in our everyday lives. Well the duo is called Diver City and as you mentioned you know there's all sorts of things that you're singing about I mean Matt's first song it was you can claim this on tax. You can claim <laughs> this on tax. <laughs> uh, but what are some other songs, Christy, that uh, Diver City sing about when it comes to teaching kids about the world? <laughs> I'm going to say what the actual first song for me was is a song, and sorry, I'm going to jump in here, Christy, but it is a song. It's called Bibio, and it's because I called my uh, daughter, and I've been getting so much crap this week for talking about my daughter, okay, because I, <laughs> I mention her every single episode, because I'm a proud dad. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I called her when she was, when we didn't know whether we were having a boy or a girl or anything, Bibio is the Ghanaian word for one of my dad's, like in his language, the Ghanaian word for small, like, you know, very little. And so we called uh, this little person that was growing in, in, in my partner Belinda's stomach, just Bibio. And so there's a little track that I wrote called Bibio, I love you. And this is how that goes. Bibio. 
stuff like that come on but um but yeah but we but we got deep in all of it so christy um you know you we wanted to we wanted and dice you're like this we wanted to go visit the uh the animals you know yes. in, in oh, you the do, forest. Some, do some um tax deductible zoo research <laughs> yeah we do we uh... <laughs> we wanted to call a track bush doof right but we weren't sure <laughs> About, we actually uh, and, did. This was <laughs> yeah, we did. This and was, I was this like creative process. <laughs> and I was trying to see how much we could push it with, you know, koalas munching on leaves, you know, munching on the green. Chris was like, like, "No, you cannot back. do that." So I was like, "Okay, fine, but we're gonna have, we're gonna at least party with some animals." So we uh, we made a song called Rave Cave. All the animals in Diver City hang out and dance in a place called the Rave Cave. <laughs> Let's go there and play. See the kangaroo with a joey in its pouch. Swinging her tail, oh, yeah, she knows how to bounce. Koala in the trees where he's staying up all night. Chewing on the leaves until the morning light. Sing. Kangaroo going to the club with the Joey. Yes. Is that a bit of a techno mama throwback there? <laughs> <laughs> Look, there are fun songs like that, but then there's also, um, you know, some action sh- songs and there's a song called Sharing is Caring, um, a few things that uh, cover routines because routines are so much of our lives. You know, everything is down to when you eat, when you um, go to have bath time, having a nap. There's so many uh, things like that throughout our day as well. So we've tried to cover um, as many of those as we can. And how did you balance the sort of um, simplicity and complexity? What was your, um, uh, you know, going to kids' music, I think you can really... Oversimplify. Yeah, you don't want to um, you don't want to get the target wrong when you go, but they don't understand what you're talking about, but also it needs to be somewhat cool and interesting for them to listen to. Yeah, well, I think the fact that we both have kids, we're talking to them on a daily basis and we know what connects with them to a degree and we're learning that as we go. Um, did, I don't know, we work. Did you, did you have, I mean, I remember for a few weeks, like for like a couple of weeks probably, I felt like Sophia was just a little bit too young for it because I'd be like, all right, do you want to listen to this song that me and Christy wrote? And then I'd press play. I'd li- it, The song would literally be one second in and Sophia would just go, no. <laughs> I'd be like, no. I'd be like, please like it and play it again. She's like, no. And then she'd just say, Emma. And I'm like, no, we've already listened to Emma Wiggle. <laughs> but no, but then, but then you like, but now, you know, she, she really loves it and she asks to actually listen to it, which is kind of a rewarding thing as well to have your, mm. your own kid want to ask asked to listen to that. So it's kind of, that's yeah. kind of exciting. I mean, the whole idea behind it was just to give another alternative and hopefully the music as far as the sonic, um, you know, the sound of the songs sounding a little more like what we would be into as adults. So trying to kind of bridge that gap between parent and child because, you know, what our kids want to listen to, we also have to listen to hundreds of times over and over and over again. So, oh, like literally, so if Daiso, to break it up. every day, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, I listen to Emma Wiggles, two albums, 
twice a day, all right? <laughs> like, like that is for weeks I've done this and it's just I know every word of her songs. So well, obviously one of the reasons you collaborated on this is to, you know, make some music that you both of your kids now can grow up listening to and and Diver City a really, you know, great message for young Australians to be growing up and listening to is excellent. But how much did the fact that the Wiggles are at the top of Australia's BRW rich list um, play into <laughs> this collab? <laughs> Look, for me, it was all very organic, but, you know, as we've already established, for Matt, everything is a tax break. Oh, come on, come on! Oh, I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie, I did notice that they were up there, but... But, hey, look, no, what I do want to go, I want to move from Diver City now. You, the whole album is out now. It's called Welcome to Diver City. Please check it out on Spotify. Um, it is me and Christy, and we, you know, we've lot we... You have to strip all of your all of your coolness straight out the window. We're talking to mm. your your one and two year old right now, so it, we, we do that unashamedly. And if you do have kids, then definitely listen to it. And please yeah. film film reactions. We want to see kids dancing. We'd love to see kids saying no. Uh, <laughs> whatever it is, we would love to see some some footage of it. It would be great, and uh, yeah, such a great one. And also, Christy, brilliant overalls that you've both managed to uh, put together as well. Did you uh, did you get the overalls yourself? Where did they come from? I I found them. I actually wear overalls. Everyone keeps talking about them, but I, maybe there was just a part of me that was just ready to be the ultimate uncool mum. <laughs> Because <laughs> I own a few pairs of overalls. They're so comfy. Have you ever worn some, Daiso? Oh, back in the day. Back in the day. Oh. <laughs> when, when you, my when dad, you were my dad old enough. My dad gets me to do housework. He gives me his old overalls <laughs> and I put them on and do it. But, Christy, <gasps> I, I want to get into, we're going to move away from Diver City because I really want to get into some of your, your history as a musician. You know, you've had this energy track blow up recently and some people, it, and, it, you know, it, it's always weird when you think of it, like some people might only just be introduced to you as an artist through this one song, kind of like, oh, who's this KLP person without realising that, I mean, they have probably been listening to you for many, many years. Can we please talk about a particular famous advertisement that I can't um, get I was over? The funny thing is I have so many random funny things that I've done. When you were leading into it, this, I was like, which funny thing is he going to bring up? <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot. <laughs> the TV commercial or the girl group or the, you know, many, many musical pursuits I've well, had. Well, yeah. instead of making music for kids, it's making music as kids because yes. you've got a family musical pedigree. Mm, I do, yeah. So my dad um, is actually a musician and he's an amazing songwriter. So he... Um, I guess, you know, back when he was my age, he, you know, represented Australia in songwriting competitions. Like he is, to me, the OG songwriter. He's like an, a beautiful singer. He's one of those freak musicians. He actually plays guitar on the Diver City record. He's one of those um, freak musicians that literally can pick up anything and play it. He's just one of those people. Um, and he ran a recording studio. So when I was really young, we'd come home from school and we'd write music and we'd sing. But then it also meant that we um, occasionally earned some pocket money um, <laughs> singing on some TV commercials. And, you know, I peaked, you thought I peaked at Kiss from a Sandstorm, but I peaked <laughs> way back at Bloody Lubemobile. Matt, hit that button. <laughs> Everything 
on it. She's on it. The best thing yeah. that I've ever heard. The fact because I remember one day on Triple J, we were. I was like, man, we got to find the 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 thirteen thirty thirty two kid, right? Like talking about Illumaville, and you were like, yeah, you know that's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> what? So it's what? it's my brother and I. There were a series of um, ads. He did Lumabile ads in all different styles. I think there was like an opera one. <laughs> all the clocks, all the breaks, all the falling So we did the Lumabile and then my brother does the that's 13, 13, 32. But, I mean, it doesn't stop there with the ad hits. Dad was also... Um, the, I don't know if they had, did they have Video Easy in Melbourne? Um, yeah, well, I worked at Video Easy. I worked there. <laughs> okay, so my dad is Video Easy movie guarantee. <laughs> we'll get it free, Video Easy. Yes! Video Easy movie guarantee. Get it first time or get it free. Oh wow! Is there? I mean, this is. I don't listen to as many, you know, as much radio as I or watch as much TV as I used to. Like a lot of people, is the jingle dead? Do people still still begging for a jingle? I mean, he still um, does that. He still does uh, jingles for people, Um, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I think it's different now because there's you know different formats of things, and now there's probably more sync where they try and get pop hits. I'm not sure. You should ask him. Why have you got me on this? We're well, going to get him write an all-day breakfast jingle. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember I thought my, you know, my career had peaked when I met the lady who wrote the Flight Centre jingle, you know. <laughs> Go Flight Centre, lowest airfares guaranteed. guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that I would, I'd made it, you know, because I was working with that lady. But as soon as I, you know, crossed paths with you, Christy, I knew that, that, that you were the one, the person that I wanted to work with my whole life the jingler the jinglist um but i uh but but also not just the lubemobile jingle but i i was in a boy band in high school okay 4.1 shout out we were the winners of the brisbane state high school uh talent competition but you were in an actual legit Girl band, not a yep. high school talent comp that stayed no, in the confines of, you're of like Brizzy's proper, Indrapilly postcode. Your proper shopping center appearance kind of vibes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> did that. Yeah, I um, I, look, I was just one of those people that just like loved performing, and I went for an audition, not even knowing what it was. I think they were just asked after singer slash dancers. And I was like, what do you need? I can do it. Um, <laughs> and it turned out to be a girl group who, uh, again, at the time got signed to Sony. So it's full circle now that my song Energy has been signed to Sony again. Um, it's quite funny. We uh, when, when Sony signed Energy, we were all on a Zoom meeting because COVID had hit and Dennis Handlin, you know, Mr. Sony was there on the call and just at the end he'd kind of cr- congratulated us and I was like, hey, Dennis, I don't know if you know, remember me, but um, you actually signed me at 13. I was in uh, this girl group <laughs> called Real Blondes and he was like, no way. <laughs> Back when but- video calls didn't exist. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the amazing and so, thing yeah. about it. So yeah. tell us about Real Blondes. Why didn't Real Blondes ever reach the lofty heights of your of your bar does, you know, yeah, or <laughs> or girlfriend. I just don't think we we're very good. Um, <laughs> oh, come on! You had some singles out though, right? 
We did. Yeah, we had some singles out. very much before Australia and the world really knew um, how to do pop, you know, bands, especially manufactured pop groups. Um, You know, the Spice Girls were hitting and, like, we thought we were going to be the Spice Girls. Um, It was probably actually such a blessing, though, doing something like that and then it ending because at 16 I had been dropped by a record label. I had to go back to school and be a normal kid. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the Spice Girls and I was devastated. And, you know, high school kids are brutal. So like at my year 12 graduation, they dressed up as real blondes to make fun of me. But by that stage I was like. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, imagine what it would be like if you had your social media world and people had all the screen grabs of video clips. And I mean, it gave me, I think that's why I'm still going now because it really taught me at such a young age that you have to be incredibly resilient and have a really thick skin. So, I mean, you talked about me, uh, Matt, getting stuff done. Well, it's just because that's just the way it's been since such a young age. I had my first massive failure in the public, you know, I at a young age and I had to pick myself up after that and figure out what I was going to do next and and also not really care about it. So it's been a really good thing and I can laugh about it now. You know, at the time it's so devastating, but now it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's so great. And Christy, with this wealth of experience that you've been through, you could just, you know, keep going and forging your own path and doing your own thing. But one of the things I really love about you is you come up with these ways to help other musicians in the industry to collaborate and do things. Can you tell us a little bit about Ricochet and that initiative that you put together? Yeah. um, Well, I think a few years ago I kept having artists um, come and talk to me about their experience that they'd had um, in the industry, especially with songwriting. It's a really confronting thing because a lot of the time you write a song with a stranger you meet them on the day you write a song. So it's really hard and if you haven't got the thick skin like me or, you know, I guess that kind of fierceness, it can be very confronting. So I was really at a loss to how I could try and fix that. And I realized, well, I can't change what other people are doing, but what I can do is offer other um, examples. So I decided to create Ricochet, which is all about, you know, not being perfect or happy all the time, but when shit hits the fan um, and you fall down, you can bounce back up or ricocheting positive energy off people. So from that, I've created um, some songwriting camps that are all female and non-binary to also kind of give a spotlight um, to so many of those amazing artists out there. Um, There's also been a charity netball competition where all different creatives come together and play netball for charity. And then most recently, there's Ricochet Mates, which is as simple as a mentoring program where there's myself and then a bunch of artists that are all just volunteering their time. All of this stuff I just do as Woods a is the goods project. Is part of that as well. If <laughs> yeah. you are following yeah, the podcast, the Alex Dyson's uh, partner Woods. Woods came to the first Ricochet songs um, songwriting camp that I um, had and she's such an amazing producer, but I don't think she'd ever thought that she could be seen on that level and compete with you know, the many male producers that are out there that are often manning a computer in a songwriting room. And so having that kind of opportunity, she realised that she's so awesome at doing that and can now step into any kind of environment and be um, on level with, with those people. So, yeah, she's a mentor for Ricochet Mates and we're all just volunteering our time to um, 
mentor some up-and-coming artists. So in a way, I guess what you're saying, Christy, is that you are responsible for our novelty song, the, B- the Bin Goes Up and The Bin Goes Down, <laughs> produced by Woods <laughs> and Alex Dyson. Thank you, thank you, thank you for changing the game. Oh, um, no, 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 not at all. Christy. What, what uh, a hit. Yeah, well, look, thank you for uh, being behind so many great tracks and so many secret little appearances on tracks that you know people we haven't even gone into. Backing vocals for Panow and songs with What's So Not and Skrillex. And, I mean, you've just you've been such a... a, a such a sturdy part of the industry and in the entertainment game for so long it's, it's always impressive to see you keep going and keep achieving and just showing that there's still so much growth that you can get from not quitting and just you know working hard and being persistent so congrats on the energy thank you uh, thank again you. for joining us congrats on Diver City uh, album welcome to Diver City please check it out on Spotify uh, <laughs> thank you to ABC Kids Music um, but also uh, yeah thank you for joining us here on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast uh, we hope you had fun and we'll catch you again next time Thank you so much. Love you both. Thanks, Christy. Catch up. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.